you uh, once again. Uh, it's been uh, yeah, we've been getting some consistent rain. Uh, I don't think too much for anybody, but at least uh, less watering. Absolutely, and it's been good for a lot of things. The lawns were uh, were beginning to suffer a little bit, and so that's that's been an issue. But in general, I mean, it's amazing what a difference uh, a few rains will do, uh, uh, not only to survivability of things, but just the general overall looks of it. You know, plants that maybe have been turning yellowish, and people are bringing in, and, and we tell them. It's lack of water, and then then we then they say, "Well, yeah, but I'm watering." And and, and the real answer is that you're not quite watered enough, or you maybe have to water twice a day. And and uh, and just again, you get a couple of days with some overcast skies and some good rain, so that water can stay in the soil or stay in the pot. It just makes a big difference. I mean, we had some plants at my house that were uh, some vinca that were actually yellowing up and look they're green now and it just that was the difference uh and so you know those little things can make a big difference and so it's been nice to be able to get that uh uh that rainfall and it's actually kept the temperatures uh i guess reasonable the cloud covers help keep temps reasonable too exactly you know and that's the difference uh with this year and last year last year if you remember pretty much rained you know i'm over exaggerating didn't Huh? Until it didn't. Until it didn't. That's yeah. right. But when it didn't, it yeah. was it was the temperatures were milder. So we went from late April till first of till harvest. Uh, we're getting range just about every day. I mean, we may have missed uh, you know maybe a couple of weeks combined of rain, but pretty much rain. And so it kept kept the temperatures down because of what you just said. A lot of overcast over overcast days and uh and this helps a lot i think we hit our annual rain total around july or august last year yeah that's right but then again it didn't rain much uh, after september that that's correct and i i would venture to say i bet you for the year we're down we have to be down i think so uh because we would uh got very little rain in the in the uh january february march and 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 that's that trend has kind of continued, but I just don't know how much down. But we we are down, and you're right. Last year we were way over. Yeah, way over. So it's uh, on your mind today. Um, talk about a, a few different things, and one was the lawns, and uh, really not seeing any major issues. Some insect issues, but nothing uh, that that's been uh, really could say that you, we need to watch out for. Again, the rainfall is going to help. So a lot, a lot of before the rain, saw so a lot of people, uh, you know, cutting that grass a little bit too low and causing some uh, drying issues because the grass is thin and with the, the moisture, with the evaporation with, from the heat, was causing the scalding, uh, and 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 so pretty much the, the lawn's in pretty good shape. Just kind of watch it, look out. Uh, our next wave will be the bug wave, and that's generally comes in August, and that's when we can start to get the. Uh, uh, the side web worms, and if it stays gets real, real dry again, you can look out for that and or the uh, chinch bugs. That's usually an issue. Well, which is the one that produces the little moth? You see, that's that? the side web worms. Okay, that's and so uh, um, the rainfall will help uh, with the chinch bugs because chinch bugs may be there, but they're not going to get the moisture out of it. But it, but if we start to get rains, uh, I remember the 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 worst side web infestation we saw was. 2016 when was that a lot at at rain when the flooding occurred august of 16 of 16 it was really really bad so it's it's uh you know just kind of look for it and 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 you know be proactive you know try to prevent it 
rather than try to, to wait to it. And if you cut your lawn, you'll see the moths, and then you'll see the numbers start to escalate, and you want to you you want to stay on top of that and uh, you know make it happen. Uh, kind of get back to watering. You know, a lot of people say with the watering, Jeff. You know, I don't want to water in the middle of the day. I know it's bad, and that's not true. I mean, it is. Uh, it may not be optimal, but. But but it's, it's better than it's it's better than not, not doing you it. know. And, and I saw a great analogy on TV the other day, and they just said, you know, in the, in the wintertime, uh, people don't need to drink water in the middle of the day. In the summertime, you do. And the same thing with plants. You know, if you need it, you, you got to have it. Otherwise, they fry. And yeah, but people worry about scalding, which is when the when you get a like this time of year, if you get several inches of rain and it just saturates the rows and the, and the rows are flooded. And the sun comes out. That what happens there? Basically, the plant can't pick up the water. There's no oxygen because it's flooded and it fries it. Uh, and so, but that's impossible if you're watering, you know, unless you just absolutely flood it, which 99 percent of the time you will not do. So, if the plant needs water in the middle of the day, absolutely water it. Optimally, mornings is the best. But in some situation, when it gets this hot, sometimes it does require twice a day waterings. For a short period of time, I used to tell you know there's three phases of water, and you get it in the spring, then you get early summer, then you get in August. Well, we've been in the August mode all summer, and and so in in August, it's generally I tell people you may have to water a couple of times a day, and that's when we start to see people bringing stuff in that's that's just not dying, but you can tell it's stressed out, it's yellow, and that's because the temperatures have increased slightly and has caused another issue. And they need more water, and that has been occurring really since, you know, May and June. You know, so gotcha. And, and I would imagine we're talking more about potted plants, or uh, it, it, it really could be anything. Yeah. It, it kind of depends on the situation. It depends on the plant. But certain plants will get stressed out. And, and my, you know, the plant I was telling you about is uh, vinca, really, really a, a drought tolerant plant. But the temperatures are so extreme that in certain certain areas of my bed, the plants were turning yellowish. I could see what it was. They would get a little bit more sun and more heat, and uh, they required more water. And even though I was watering them, it wasn't enough. We got this this rain and some overcast days, and it just revitalized them all. And so, you know, Mother Nature is sometimes a sometimes a solution, but uh, um, you know. All right, so I'm kind of switched. This is just. Uh, a very common plant, Jeff, that I'm... I thought you were going to pull aspirin out of that box. <laughs> a rabbit out of the box? No, aspirin, aspirin, bear. Bear, so... They do a lot of agriculture stuff, though, don't they? Bear. They do, absolutely. Yeah. They sure do, they sure do. Um, and this is a very common plant that most of the listeners will know it. It's a wandering Jew, which I know may not be politically correct, but the uh, it, it comes from the fact when uh, Moses was in the desert for forty <laughs> years, <laughs> that's where they came up. So it's I don't think I'm being politically incorrect, but it's very common and it's a very hardy interior plant. Uh, you can put it in a little pot, and or you can put it in a hanging basket. But the good thing about these, they're extremely hardy. Just a tough plant. The biggest issue with these is, would be almost too much water, which hence, you know, people who miss waterings, these good. They're kind of a little vine. And I guess what I'm showing, Jeff, is kind of a purplish, has a purplish underside leaf, which kind of, uh, you know, green and purple variegation on top. Uh, uh, 
again, very hardy. It can take the heat, can take the humidity, loves this time of year. Where you got to watch it is when it gets temperatures start to get cold and, and you get some wind. They can go inside or outside, preferably in, uh, in, in a shadier situation or maybe some morning sun. So How not about out of direction. Ground cover or like out of a hanging basket? As a matter of fact, this plant here, if, uh, uh, if you would have it in a hanging basket, and it grows very, very fast, and it kind of hangs tremendously. And then it, as, it, as it starts to hang a little further down, uh, it, it's easy for them to break off, which is not a problem because they just grow back really fast. But these pieces, which actually, Jeff, what I'm showing here, I picked off on the ground under you know, a bunch of these hanging baskets, and they'll root in the ground. And they're a great ground cover. The problem with these is that uh, when temperatures get really cold, they can freeze, and, uh, and that's kind of... Uh, you know, kind of the, the drawback. However, for a few years, uh, they were so mild that they wouldn't freeze. And, uh, and so they could, a great crown cover. But I did bring this one here, which is kind of a second cousin to the Wandering Jew. This one's called Purple Queen. Now, this one will take the, uh, the cold. And so, and actually, this will take the sun also. And they root very easily. So Purple Queen is basically a uh, purplish leaf. Doesn't have the variegations. Kind of a thickier stalkier uh type plant but uh extremely hardy sun or shade uh you can break these little uh uh stems off as well as the, with the uh, warner and jew and root them in the ground and they perform very very well what knocked these out was that winter about maybe two years ago or 18 months ago and we had some growing on Main Street and some of those. Uh, yes, yes. Right, very hardy, but the freeze knocked them out. But you can see if they took the, took the, uh, you know, the abuse you get on Main Street with people walking and throwing things and just don't get the care, that, it's a tough plant. And, but both of these will take the, the in terms of the, any, any type of abuse or just lack of care, very, very well. The difference is, is the Warner and Jew will freeze out much, much easier than the Purple Queen. But both of them give you leaf color. They will make a little flower, uh, but it's really more noted for the uh, the leaf color on both of these. And again, extremely hardy and uh, just uh, uh, people like. And this time of year, you know, we we try to go with things that are going to actually do uh, very well. And 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 that's one of them. Thought you're gonna now show us what not to do. <laughs> well, this one right here, I was gonna say, but I'll talk about it now. This is actually a fig leaf. And people kind of get panicked, uh, panic when they see all this spotting on on the figs and the and the browning, and uh, this is a fig leaf that would produce would edible produce figs. Edible yeah, figs, okay. and this is probably a Celeste fig, but yes, definitely an edible fig. And what Jeff is looking at is a big green fig leaf that has a bunch of spotting and browning all over it, and that's rather normal, a little bit uh, abnormal for this time of year, but you know it, it'll happen. Normally, this will happen starting in September and October. They'll Boom, then the figs will drop their leaves like they normally do in the wintertime and be sticks all winter long. So, you know, this one, I just tell people, you may, you may want to spray it just so it can stay green the longest. Remember, green leaves, the, the, the plant is producing food for next year's crop this time of year. So if it loses most of its leaves early, that's going to limit the, the food it produces for next year's crop. So you want to try to make this plant... Uh, hold on to its leaves as long as it possibly can so it can produce that food. And, uh, but in terms of survivability, now the plant's going to survive. It's just it may be a light crop next year. 
So you want to kind of fertilize them after they produce uh, their figs, which they, they just finished, and uh, and then and maybe spray once or twice so that this this will not keep occurring, getting worse and worse. You want to stop that. It's going to happen whether you do it or not, but hopefully it'll happen in October, and then naturally just drop its leaves as opposed to you know July, and uh, and so but but in terms of uh, the plant dying or survivability? No, it, it's it's uh, it's it's normal. It's just just earlier than it would normally occur. Gotcha. Yeah. So those will do well. Uh, now I bought a little some little uh, what they call jiffy pots and and uh, some cabbage seed, Jeff. Okay. And now's the time to start if you want to do it yourself. You know, we'll get plants and all that uh, early on. But if you wanted to do it yourself, now's the time if you wanted to start cabbage. The three big, or, or, or there's several of them, but the three big plants that people plant uh, from, uh, from seeds are cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower from seed. And then they're transplanted. You can also do uh, Brussels sprouts and lettuce. Lettuce is way too early to do that. But this is one, and the reason why you start these from seed as opposed to, let's say, a, a carrot or mustard turnips, is that it just takes longer to develop a plant uh, than uh, than than if you put a carrot seed in the ground, it's going to it's going to make carrots in fifty five, sixty days, whereas cabbage it might take eighty or ninety days. So you want to kind of get an early start. The problem with getting an early start this time of year is that temperatures are extremely hot it doesn't like extremely hot weather but it has to have sun so that's the hook uh, how are you going to get a lot of sun and keep the temperatures down and that's in lies the problem what people do is jeff they'll and, and what i bought as a sample is these are jiffy pots which are just basically pots that decompose so you could plant your seed actually what we recommend doing is like this comes in a pack of 12 12 jiffy pots what you would do with these little seeds, and Jeff was just looking at this, this cabbage tiny, seed I bought, tiny very, seeds. very tiny seeds. And what you would do is you would take a tray, a little plastic tray or anything that's going to drain a little moisture, fill it with a good fine seeding soil, and then broadcast these seeds throughout there. So you might have 50, 50 seeds in a small four-by-six little area. And you just keep them moist. Now, to get a seed to germinate, it doesn't need sun. All it needs is moisture and warmth. Yeah, it's, it's below ground anyway. At that it's point. below. Yeah. It's, that's right. It's below ground. And until it comes out with its true leaves, it doesn't need sun. So that's easy to do. Now, you can put it inside and start. As long as it has a little warmth and moisture and you keep it, you'll get it up. The, the, the most common mistake people make is at that point they wait too long to transplant those little plants to these jiffy pots, and they leave them in there, and it, it may only be two or three days, and, they, and they, they stretch, meaning they get real spindly because they're looking for sun. And as soon as that happens, you say, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to transplant, put them in the sun. It's too late. As soon as they stretch, that's it. That stretching has occurred. Now it's a matter, and usually they don't make it. So it's really important that once you get those seeds to germinate in these trays, that you can take a little fork and you transplant them to whatever. You can use, uh, you know, uh, uh, styrofoam pots. Uh, uh, a lot of things are used. Plastic pots, okay? You just got to take them off when you yeah. transplant them. You can't plant that in the ground. but You're going to plant those, though. These, Yeah, the whole thing in the ground. And so what you do is you take these little seedlings before they get too big, I would say a couple inches, and you transplant them to these little 
jiffy pots and you set those in a tray that you can move them in and out. So because of what I said, they need sun, but they don't like the heat. So in an ideal scenario, Jeff, you would give these plants sun from sun up till about 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. At that point, you would kind of uh, uh, protect it from that sun. Um, and, and that's the hard part. Is it, you know, easier said than done. You know, you got to move these things every day at that point. You could leave them in the sun all the time, but it cannot. If it dries out or even thinks about drying out, those plants will f- just fry. They're, again, remember, they're little tender seedlings that are just developing roots. So it's, it's real tricky. You, you know, I tell people in, in many ways you can take like a Windex spray and keep them humid uh, as they're growing. You still want to water them. But remember, you have a, uh, a small plant with very few roots in these containers. So there's not a lot of roots in the soil. So it's a combination of, of, uh, of moisture in the soil, keeping the soil uh, uh, moist, and, and, and also spraying the leaves. They, they will actually pick up moisture through the leaves also. So it's that combination that can be tricky. But it's, it's a great uh, try. You know, people say, well, why do I want to do it? I can buy a, a, you know, I'm just planting a few plants. Rather, and so if you're planting 10 plants, you can wait for the plants. Yeah, that's true, but it's also a challenge, you know, and, 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 uh, and some people who plant a bunch will do this, and it's, it's, it's more of an economical thing where they're going to have to, they're, gonna, they're, they're trying to save dollars because they're planting so much, and in which case, then it's really uh, a cost saving measure. But it's also uh, good to give it a try, just kind of learn it. You know, the great thing about the internet, you can read a lot of stuff on how to do things today and then that that works out really good but the the big ones that we sell right now are uh, cabbage broccoli and cauliflower that's your three in that order and uh and they do well the varieties of cabbage is a bunch of different varieties of cabbage that do well around here jeff uh the the two biggest ones are one called uh flat dutch which is a big big cabbage uh that'll make anywhere from an eight to a 14 pound weight and and uh, to one called uh, 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 Rio Verde, which is which is a smaller cabbage, but a really good one. Um, the the flat Dutch is mainly used for cabbage rolls, which is a big deal down here because the leaves are big and they can roll them. And the Rio Verde still can be used for cabbage rolls. Leaves won't be as big, but they also use for slaw or just cooking down. Uh, but both of them are probably my number one ver- selling variety. With number three being one called Wakefield which they also call heart-shaped cabbage, which is a pointy cabbage, but it's a good tender cabbage, and, uh, and, and, and that does well. Uh, you know, broccoli, you know, we're starting to get more and more different varieties of broccoli. By seed, you're going to be limited on, on any, any plant, what kind of variety you can plant. It's kind of limited. What happens, Jeff, is that some of these seeds get so expensive that the only way you can buy those if you're buying – a large amount of it at a time, and, and what I mean by a large amount, like a pound, you know, a pound, Jeff, maybe, and I'm guessing, you know, it might be 20,000 seeds, obviously, you know, and, and relatively inexpensive, but 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 some seeds are hybrid seeds, and, and so a pound, pound maybe, you know, two or three hundred bucks, and so you're going to see those very seldom in small packaging sold to the consumer. You got to buy those by plants. But the, 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 the varieties that have lost the patents and, and, and are kind of old, good, proven varieties are the ones that you're going to find available to sell by seed. And, and, and they still do very, very well. It's just that the newer varieties are generally limited to buying the plants because of the cost of the seed. It's so expensive. You've got to buy a lot of them at one time. And that kind of 
you know, limits what you can do. Gotcha there. Anything else uh, you wanted to share today? Uh, let's see, Jeff. I see if I have anything in my box of uh, goods. up my sleeve. <laughs> I really don't. You know, it's that time of year. We're kind of in between seasons, and we just got to kind of just ride it out and uh, and wait for the cool weather. You know, in, in retail, unless you're, you know, in the summertime, unless you're selling stuff that's related to uh, the heat or back to school, it's kind of a slow time of year for July and August. And we just got to wait till until temperatures cool off. But we do have, uh, you know, the summer tomatoes, uh, fall tomatoes you plant now. You know, we, we do get that. And, you know, we have foliage plants, things that can take the heat and easy to maintain. Other than that, we kind of just discount stuff and getting rid of it. Gotcha. Someone is talking to somebody uh, about their uh, flowering plants, and uh, there, there was a benefit, if I remember right, in taking off the dead uh, heads, the dead flowers. Yeah, and in general, that's true for anything. In other words, uh, the 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 uh, the more you um, take the flowers off, the more they're going to produce new flowers. Yeah, and because they're not they're not focused on that flower or maintain that flower, and that's very true. In, and this is kind of a mistake people make when it comes to some vegetables. And the one I'm thinking of top would be a cucumber. Sometimes people will let the, they want the biggest cucumber and say let these things get really really big, which is fine. I mean, sometimes the seed are too big, and but but generally the taste is fine. The problem is, is that remember it's still giving a lot of effort to make that cucumber. So the earlier you pick things in general, the more production you're going to get. And 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 that's you know when we talk about seeds, Jeff, uh, um, you know some people try to save their own seeds. And the main thing I'm talking about is like okra is one where it's an easy one to save your own seed. And in general, people will wait to the end because to save your own seed to replant next year, you got to let that that seed pod dry up on the vine. Really, you let it you, you let it stay there. That's how Mother Nature does it, right? Uh, and then it drops. It, it drops once but it, it's done that. But a, but a tomato will stay, or a cucumber will stay, and at some point it gets so heavy and it starts to to split open, and then it drops. And that's kind of the same theory: is that you're letting that that okra seed pod kind of get rid of the moisture on the vine. It dries up, and then those seeds are, are ready. But if you, if you do that during the season, you will slow production down because you're leaving those, that seed pot on there too long. So they'll generally wait to the end of the season, toward the end. When, when they have their production, they let these seed pods dry at the end, let them dry on the vine, and they save their own seed. I don't recommend saving your own seed for a small gardener. Because the cost of the seed is relatively inexpensive, and 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 again, you know, we get certified seed because they were grown in arid regions. There's there's no fungus with them. Uh, you're true to variety, and so you know, if you just plant a few a few plants, it's really better to buy fresh seed rather than try to save your own. But if you want to do it for fun, okra is a great one to do it with uh, because it's relatively easy to do, and uh, and there are a lot of flower seeds. People say four o'clock, which is an old old flower that people will actually save their own seed because the uh, the plant itself will is 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 very pronounced. The flowers are very pretty, and they'll come out with a hard seed right on the end of the flower. And shoot, Jeff, uh, those seeds will blow everywhere and come up everywhere. So it's easy to save that seed. The, the seeds say an okra. Do does it seed like other plants, or are you talking about the seeds within the okra? It's, it's always the seed within the within the fruit or okay. the vegetable itself. Okay. So it's going to be that little 
thing, but it has to get it has to develop. But it actually develops within the uh, the pod itself, gotcha. and it becomes hard. All right. Anything else before we let you go? That's it, Jeff. Always a pleasure, sir. We'll look forward to the next time. Thank you, Jeff.